You're listening to The Drawing Board, episode 003. This podcast will explore architecture, life, school, and faith. My name is Jacob Slagle, and I'm your host. Today, we'll be talking about internships and how they fit into the long road to becoming an architect. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Drawing Board. Once again, this episode is brought to you by the CBU chapter of AIAS. Today's content is actually a listener-requested topic, which makes this a good time to remind you that if there's something you'd like us to break down on The Drawing Board, shoot us an email to cbuaias at gmail.com and we'll work it into the rotation. Now, let's get down to it. Today we're talking about internships. We're going to knock down some old stigmas. We're going to talk about their role in this whole becoming an architect thing. And of course, I have a great interview for you guys breaking down how to get them and what they really look like in practice. So the first thing we need to talk about is the word internship. There's been some talk as of late as to whether the term intern is appropriate and that architecture students who are working should be called something else. In my opinion, the word intern has both positive and negative side effects. The big stigma is that architecture was, in the past, notorious for hiring interns without paying them and then making them do crazy work for free. That, however, is no longer the case. With the help of the AIS and other organizations, interns are now required to get paid a decent and fair wage in order for those hours to count towards licensure. This is great news for us. So some people are worried that the word intern still carries the idea of unpaid internships, even though those are a thing of the past, and those interns are actually paid employees that are just beginners, essentially. The AIA recently published two alternative terms architectural associate and design professional to refer to unlicensed people working in the profession towards licensure. There has been some concern expressed with those titles, but I think the title is less important than the actual idea of putting the old internship stigmas behind us. The important thing to take away here is that you're going to work for a firm, make sure it's paid. I tell people all the time to never agree to free internships with firms. I do encourage working with nonprofits that are registered with NCARB and can earn you AXP hours while working Um, to still provide a service to the community. Those are things like Freedom by Design and other community design entities. Um, There's also design competition options and lots of stuff in that other category within NCARB. But when it comes to working in a professional setting, you got to get paid. The other thing about the word intern or the role of an architectural intern is that it limits your liability a little bit. We all know that architecture comes with liability. We're talking about the health, life, and safety of people here. There's an immense pressure on you in the field to be as exact and precise as possible while still being fast and efficient. As beginners in the practice, we make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes as a beginning designer. You won't be as fast as others, you won't be as perfect as others, and nobody expects you to be. If the person who stamps the drawing takes the most liability, then the intern takes the least. This really comes to benefit when we're talking about things that you don't know how to do or things that you mess up on, that that intern label actually gives you a little bit of cushion where people expect you to make some of those mistakes and they spend a little bit of extra effort to build into you and to teach you and also to check the work that you're doing and that comes with the program of the whole intern experience now let's move on to the role that internships play in becoming an architect the first thing you have to know is that you will not learn everything you need to know to become an architect in architecture school i'm sorry to break the bad news to you 
But architecture is what we call a three-part learning process, or a lot of times you'll hear it referred to as the three E's, education, experience, exams. The first part we've already talked about quite a bit, architecture school. You go to school, get a five-year professional degree, a BARC or an MARC, keep moving on. The next step is experience. This is where your internships come in. Schools teach you a ton of stuff, and school's great, and I love school a lot. But there's a whole parallel world of things to learn inside an office. There are deliberately things not taught in school that will be learned in internships. These are just things that have to be learned through practice in the field. This is why your AXP hours can be done, and I encourage you to do them during school. I have more than half my hours completed, and in doing that, my schoolwork has not only gotten easier, but better. There's just things that you learn in the office that are a lot more practical or pragmatic things that school doesn't really have the time for or just knows that you're going to learn those things in the office. And, and that stuff can really help you with your schoolwork as well. The last part of that three-part process is the exams, but that's a whole other topic for another day that maybe we'll get into a little bit later on. But the basic premise of the AXP program or the Architectural Experience program is that you have to work to understand how it works. That's what the whole internship process is about. And becoming an architect takes a long time. A five-year degree plus 3,740 hours of AXP experience plus six ARE exams and one supplemental exam for us lucky Californians. My math is good enough to know that that adds up to a really long time. The only way to make that bearable is to get in the office early while you're in school. I've invited a good friend Adrian onto the show today to talk a little bit more about this. He's had a few different internships along the way, and we actually worked together at a small firm for a while. Adrian, welcome to the show. Can you give us a little bit of background on yourself, and then we can jump into it? Hello, everyone. My name is Adrian, as Jacob so elegantly said. Um, I am currently a architectural design intern at Plain Joe Studios, and I and the third year at California Baptist University. All right, Adrian, could you maybe just give us a, a quick rundown? Um, I know you've had a, an extensive internship history, but give us the broad overview of what you've been through. Okay, so I'm gonna start off with a little bit of educational history. I, after graduating high school, I went to a junior college for two years, and the semester between my junior college and attending California Baptist University, I applied for several internships in the area, and after about two weeks of persistently calling just different firms and sending in as many resumes as I could print and email, I finally got a uh, call back. And according to HR at the time, she said the only reason why she called me back was because I sounded nice on the phone. So I called them, and uh, that was my first internship, and that was at Cummins Architecture and Design. They're a small mom and pop shop that did mostly residential. So I was out there about there for a year. And then as soon as I felt myself kind of growing out of my position, I felt it was a time to kind of expand my abilities, which I feel is important to, even though I was comfortable at that job and I was making better money at the time, it's always important to remember that this is advancing your career. So... After about a year there, I applied to several other firms for about three to four months. It was right at the peak season, which is about summer, which is when everyone gets out of school. So competition was very high, but I kept going, and I'm sure I angered some bosses. But 
I finally got a call back from a semi-residential, semi-commercial firm. And that was called JG Architects. And from there, I found myself working with a contractor, an architect, and myself. So it taught me not to be afraid of anything that I wasn't comfortable with. You know, having to talk to other contractors or having to talk to the city planner, just something out of the ordinary that they don't teach you in school. And then after about a year there, I applied to Plain Joe Studios, which is where I currently work. And I'm an architectural design intern there. Now, what I do there is mostly design. Although my position says intern, I want to stress that that term is not something to be afraid of. The term intern is also meant to protect you because once they take that away, you automatically gain a lot more responsibility. And if people look at you as an intern, if you make a mistake, which you're going to do, you're in school, you're learning, they're, they're not going to frown upon you as much as someone who is a designer who should be out of school, who should have gone through all these mistakes. So I've been there for about seven, eight months, and uh, I'm very happy with my position. Um, and yeah, that's my brief overview. Now, you mentioned a couple times getting out of your comfort zone, and I think that's something that we struggle with um, in school. With you know, We want to do something crazy in design, but we're, we're scared, we're not comfortable with it. Um, we want to apply for that job at the big firm or the, you know, the kind of shiny, fancy firm. Um, could you maybe talk a little bit more about some tips on how to get out of your comfort zone a little bit? Oh, yeah. So just being afraid or not being afraid to say you don't know something. Because if you don't know something, that looks a lot better than lying and trying to BS your way through it and then eventually getting caught. It's a lot easier to ask for permission than forgiveness, I've always been told. So if you say you don't know something, someone will take the time, if they're a good boss, they'll take the time and walk you through something. Uh, for me, it was plan checking. The uh, plan checker always made me nervous, and eventually they would tell me, you know, you have to go by yourself. And that always freaked me out. But... After a while, and after being kind of my hand held through it a couple times, I found that it wasn't as daunting as it seemed. And because of that, I got to speak with the planners more, and them back and forth, and them realizing that I was still a student, they realized that they could teach me while I was going through the labor of submitting and resubmitting, which... I feel that it's important to tough it out when you're afraid of something. And in the long run, it's going to benefit you a lot more than shying away from a task. Okay, so I think that's really good advice in that a lot of times when we're afraid, it's actually not as bad as it seems on the other side. Um, now, you kind of touched on it a little bit. You're talking about the plan check desk and you know dealing with the city and dealing with other people in the office can you talk about maybe how working has actually affected what you do in school and how you see design in your studio projects so I struggled with the blending of school and work at first but then I realized that if you could imagine school and work as two lines and then imagine the structure of DNA 
you know, constantly going back and forth and intersecting at certain points, not all the time. And at those crucial points, I feel that's where design really flourishes, at least in school, where you can present a functional design that is both beautiful and operable. And don't be afraid to get outside the box at work, and don't be afraid to stay inside the box at school. Of course, you want to flex your design muscles, but you have to realize that what you put in your portfolio eventually goes to your interview. And if your portfolio is something you know, dramatic and can never be built, that's going to look bad on your interview. However, if you design something that's very stark, like Le Corbusier's Via Reduce, where it's just robotic, that's going to look bad too. So you have to learn how to blend both physical limitations and your mental limitations. Okay, awesome. Um, I think what I'd like to hear now, I think this is the question that everybody has on their mind, especially um, underclassmen or people who are thinking that they need to start looking for internships. What kind of skills are people looking for in interns? I think you've been around enough. Um, you and I have worked together. We kind of know what the other side requires, but what would be your best advice for people who are looking for that first internship on what they should brush up on? Well, first, I would say computer skills. Day one, you're going to be given a desktop and a project. And although every firm has their different preferred programs, you're going to want to kind of know the basics of all of them. And from there, they're going to understand that you're a student and this is your first job, so they will grow with you, and that's going to be very beneficial. And you're going to often use what you learn at work in school, and if you can do that properly, I, your design will really flourish. Now, as far as getting your foot in the door, like I said, my uh, first job I got because I sounded nice on the phone. Um, Brush up on your people skills because you're going to be working with people who are there because they want to do great work and you have to want to do great work as well. And that has to really reflect in your work habit and not to let work trump school. You have to keep in mind that you are going to school and those who you work with are going to also understand that you're not going to be able to put in as many hours as they are or if you know, during finals, you're going to be slammed because you're always slammed, but finals especially. That just being able to blend your studio culture and your work culture without completely crossing over the two. All right. So I think the last thing I have for you, Adrian, is just concerning networking. Have you noticed that being super relevant elsewhere. I, I know we talk a lot about networking and obviously through the AAS, we try to provide a lot of opportunities for that, but maybe shed some light from the other side of the fence on what that really means and what that really looks like and how important it is. Yeah, so in this industry, it's half about what you know and I would say half about who you know. Uh, my current employer, I was referred to by our dean because he was a f adjunct faculty member at the time which I was not attending. So that's how I got my foot into that door. And 
some of the veterans in the office will tell you that whenever you're looking for a job, it's going to be about who you know. Because once you've already gotten your foot in the door and you've worked for a couple of years, you know enough to get a job. However, it's who you know that will really be important. So don't step on anyone's toes that you should at, shouldn't at work. And be mindful of who's working, who's working hard, and what kind of work ethic they have. Because if, you, if someone breaks off from a firm, which is pretty common, and you see that their work ethic was great, and they, they worked the hard hours that you did, and they were in the trenches with you, which is a lot like my boss, um, that that's someone you're going to want to work for in the future. And if he sees that you were comparable to him and his work, him or her, and their work ethic, then they're going to want you in their new positions as well. Yeah, so I, I think that's a super important thing to touch on, the fact that you can't burn any bridges in architecture. Uh, architecture is a super small profession. There's only about 100,000 licensed architects, um, and then obviously numerous people that work with those architects that are unlicensed. But basically, everybody knows everybody. Adrian, thanks for being on the show today. Uh, if you have any last words, now would be a good time. Um, big picture advice. Shout out to your mom, anything. <laughs> hey, mom. Um, what I would have to say, my kind of parting words would be to focus on school and to keep your internship as a tool and to keep something in your kind of back pocket for when you're in school and you go, hey, you know, we did something like that but now I know how it works in real life, that's going to advance your design and your material a lot more than a book can because you, what you learn in architecture school is about 10 to 15% of what you're going to use in the field, but the 10 to 15% is the most important percent. Adrian, thank you so much for joining us today and imparting some great knowledge with us. Um, I just want to reiterate one thing that we touched on briefly, um, just for emphasis, is the importance of networking. My first internship came from a phone call from Adrian telling me that his new boss needed one more guy and that if I could submit my portfolio and my resume, that he could give him the referral I needed to get hired, and it worked. I think it's really important to have those kinds of connections with the people around you, not only with people in the profession, but your classmates. Um, it could be you that's receiving that phone call for somebody that needs another guy to work with or their boss is asking them for another intern and they're drawing on you because you've proved your skills to them somehow. But it also could be you on the other side of that phone who's calling somebody else that you need help in the office. And to be able to know your classmates that well and to know your strengths and your weaknesses can be a really helpful tool when it comes down to you have to spend a lot of time with them in the office. So... We're going to wrap it up today by looking back through some key points. The first one being architecture is a long process. Please get started on your internships early as a way to cut down that process. Um, you don't want to be the one that spends 20 years trying to get your license. You want to try to make that as quick as possible. And also, the sooner you start working, the sooner you can start to better yourself a little bit more. Um, those things you learn in the office not only will help your schoolwork, but the office process in general will help you to kind of regulate your schedule and better your time management skills. And to reference an earlier episode, you can start to cut down on that all-nighter culture. Um, number two, make sure you're getting paid for your work. Your time is valuable, and you have to get paid for it. You have to. Also, for it to count towards your license, it has to be paid. Unpaid internships with architects don't count and are not worth it, so don't do it. 
not to discount nonprofit work and working for things like Freedom by Design or taking um, certification tests, can you even get your license, uh, hours, design competitions, all that kind of stuff is great. But when it comes to working in a firm, got to get a paycheck. Number three, get out of your comfort zone. It's not as scary out there as you think it is. I promise you it will better you in the long run. And number four, use that network that we talked about. Take no shame in getting a referral from a friend or a classmate. The last one, this is a super big one. We talked about it with Adrian. Don't burn bridges in architecture. The community is too small. If you burn one bridge, you basically burn them all, and you just don't want to deal with that. So be respectful to people. Use the golden rule, um, and you'll be okay. That wraps it up for today's episode. I hope that you found these things to be helpful. I know this is a big topic for architecture students. Um, The next episode is TBD, but will be coming out in two weeks. If you have a topic you'd like to submit, again, shoot us an email at cbuais at gmail.com with the drawing board and the subject line. I hope this podcast can continue to be a discussion between all of us and a platform for change, encouragement, and constructive conversation. Until the next episode, I'm your host, Jacob Slagle. Keep on drawing.